Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. I was in the spirit realm on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice sounding like a trumpet, saying to me, Write in a book what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to, La and to Laodicea. So what does it mean to be in the spirit realm? Is this a thing we can do? I mean, John said he was in the spirit realm. Sounds a little new agey to me, but maybe this is something we can do. I was in the spirit realm on the Lord's day. How did that even happen? You know, so we were thinking today, you know, what does it mean to be in the spirit, in the spirit realm? You know, and what we see a lot is we see by example. Who do we see by example? We see Yeshua, right? He's our example. Yeshua was in the spirit. We know this. He was, I think he was pretty much exclusively in the spirit, um, but he was also in the body. So you can be in both places. You can be in the spirit realm and in the body. Now, sometimes what people say is in the spirit realm is basically just stuff they make up to make themselves sound spiritual. But once you realize that you are a spirit and you actually have these encounters with Yeshua in the spirit, you can live in that place. But it's not something that you just make up. There's no position you get. There's no like special privileges. Honestly, if you say things like John says, here I was in the spirit realm on the Lord's Day in modern churches, if anybody ever said that, they would probably just be like ignored or say, don't talk to that guy, he's weird, you know? But really, this is something we should be endeavoring to have. We should be having these experiences in the spirit realm. Now, one of the things that we're learning, if you've come to our Wisdom's Treasure class on Sunday nights, is that you are receiving spiritual revelation or communications with Yahweh in the night. Everyone is. And you don't even have to believe in God. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care if you believe in him or not, whether he's going to give you a message or not. He'll give you a message anyway. Don't you remember in the Old Testament, Abraham and Sarah, you know, they go to Egypt and he takes Sarah, the, uh, the um, Pharaoh takes Sarah as one of his wives and, and he has a dream that night. Give Sarah back to Abraham or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> From the Lord, immediately. In other words, whoa, immediately he got the message. You didn't tell me that that was your wife. I was visited by Yahweh in the night and he told me to give it. He doesn't care if you worshiped him or not. He's going to give you the message. He is El Elohim. He is the Elohim of Elohims. He is the creator of all. He is Yahweh, right? When he delivers a message, he delivers it, okay? You're going to get it. So anyway, I was in the spirit realm on the Lord's day, you know? And, you know, is, is God looking to kill people? No. Again, and we've talked about this before, you know, that's what a lot of people want to know. Is God out to get me? That's what they want to know. They're like, okay, I believe in God, but the question is, is, is he good or bad? Is he a good God or a bad God? And what Jesus has come to tell us, and I just want to put this in because I did use that as an example, is that God is not here to kill you. He's here to bring you life. Jesus said, I have, I have come not to destroy the world, but to save the world. He said, for God so loved the world, right? He loved, everybody knows John 3.16, but do we know John 3.16? People are still asking this question. Does God really love the world? I heard about this thing called a flood. It didn't sound like he loved the world too much then, did he? See, we need to know not just the works of God, but his ways. Why was there a flood? And what happened to those people in the flood anyway? Well, according to the, the letters to the churches, 
we found out that in the flood, all of those people were saved by Jesus. He actually went into the grave and preached the gospel to them. And those really bad ones, the really bad ones that were so bad they broke the planet, remember? You broke it. You're so bad, you broke it. You broke the earth. I have to flood it now. I cannot believe you broke it that bad. <laughs> those guys, they're all saved. They listened. And it said he, brought, he led captivity captive, the Bible says. What is captivity? Those that were captive, they were in chains. They were in darkness. Why? Because of their evil deeds, because of their wickedness. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. I've given you what? My spirit, and I've given you the cleansing from all sin. That's powerful. When you're cleansed from sin, you're righteous now. You Basically, you're back to where you were at the beginning, which is what? From heaven. So why is it that people go to heaven when they receive Jesus? The reason that you go to heaven is because you're from heaven. The only reason that you wouldn't be in heaven is that something has violated that citizenship. And what is it? Sin. You can't go into heaven with sin. There's no sin in heaven. But we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We have free access into the heavenly realms. When? When you die? No, right now. Where do you think all this comes from? <laughs> I have to keep saying this over and over again. But where do you think this comes from? Is heaven locked up? In Revelation, it says that the gates never close. What's this business for going to a gate you have to open and close to let people in? The scripture, it clearly says of all the places that it talks about the pearly gates, and they are made of pearls, the pearly gates are literally opened. And it says they're open night and day. So like, if there was any question, well, are they closed at night, Jamin? Nope, they're not. They're open day and night, night and day. They're open. So what's the requirement? Well, you have to want to go through the door. <laughs> it's that easy, people. It's that easy. So why don't people go? Because they don't want to. The gate is opened. For some reason, for some reason, and we know the reason, deception, people think that sin is better than heaven. But when they realize that God is love, that he forgives them, that he's actually good, he doesn't want evil on you, he wants good, they're like, eh, you know what? I'm going to agree with God. And when they agree with God, they realize, hey, those doors are open. I'm going through. That's what Jesus is. Jesus is the gate. I am the way, he said, right? I am the door. I am the gate. And what is he showing us? That God really isn't against you. He's not out to get you. Unless, like I was saying earlier, unless that means I'm going to get you by tickling you, he may do that. I'm going to get you. <laughs> right? That's God. He loves us. Okay, so... I wanted to say that because to be in the Spirit, you have to know that. To be in the Spirit, you know what? What's well, one of the things the Apostle John is known for? The Apostle of love, isn't he? Beloved, let us love one another. For God is love, right? And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, right? That Apostle said, in Revelation 1.10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He knows that God is love. He saw some pretty amazing things in Revelation about places like the Roman Empire, things like the things that had just happened with Jesus ascending into heaven, all of these kind of things that were to come shortly within his day. And he had these things, but what was his gateway in? Love. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So there's a lot of ways that we can be in the Spirit. <laughs> Number one, in love. Love is the way. When we love one another, 
we're in the Spirit. That's the simplest form of it right there. You're like, whoa. Now, you can be in different levels, <laughs> just to let you know. But love is one of the greatest doors into the Spirit. Another great door, giving of thanks. As we give thanks to God for what we have, it opens up massive doors in our lives. It opens up blessing, too. You say, I don't have this, and I don't have that, and this person has this, and that person has that, and why don't I ever get, why don't I ever get a break, God? Blah, blah, blah. What is that? Complaining. But when we recognize the blessing of God in our lives, I have this, they have that, this is here, that is there. It all comes from God. We all give thanks for the blessings of God. You have your life, you. I have my life, you have your life. We all have different destinies that God has for us, and they all have amazing, beautiful, one-of-a-kind blessings, custom-fitted for us. We don't have to compare. You know why? Why would you compare yourself with somebody else? They have a completely different life than you. If anything, look to Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter, the Bible says, of our faith. In other words, not perfecter as in perfect, but maturing. Maturing. He's the one that is nurturing and maturing us. So how do we get in the Spirit? Well, we do know that there's scriptures that talk about praying in other tongues. You know, building yourself up in your faith when you pray in the Spirit. But can you pray in the Spirit in English? You sure can. I know, I know somebody who actually wrote an entire book based on what they heard themselves say in English when they were praying in tongues. They were actually praying in tongues in their language, but they weren't praying from their soul. They were praying out of their spirit, so their, their soul was listening to them talk, and then they would write down what they were saying. And they wrote a whole book that way. Yeah. That can happen. Well, that was in the spirit, obviously. Your, your mind was listening to yourself talk, but who's you? You are spirit, you see? So that can happen, too. So there's a lot of things, but we were saying before we started here, one of the ways that we can be in the Spirit is through meditating on the Scriptures. Okay? Now, when we realize that the Scriptures are actually the words of God, they are God's Word. Now, when I say a word, okay, that is a reflection of my desire. Is that not true? What if I'm a liar? It's not, is it? If I'm a liar, my words mean nothing. I have no basis. What is one thing we know about God? He can't lie. <laughs> he just can't. <laughs> it's impossible for God to lie, it actually says. It's not like he doesn't want to lie. He can't lie. So when God's word is released into the earth and he gave it to men, just like he said here, write in a book, what you see, right? He sent his word to a man, John, in this case, okay? He sent it to other men too. And he said, write it in a book. He'll tell you what to do with it. Write it in a book. Speak to this person. Hold it. Close it up. There's different things. Daniel had to seal the book for a time. You know, we have different things that happen. But that word is a door into the realm of the spirit, okay? Now, how do we treat the word? So, like I was saying earlier, 
There are a lot of Bible teachers. They're excellent teachers. They're really good. They know their stuff. But they treat the scriptures as an idea. A good idea, mind you. Not a bad one. Like the best idea even. But they don't treat it as spiritual words that can be used as a door into the spirit realm. That's completely different. I'm not, I, I have no idea about anybody. I'm just talking about what the scripture says. So what we're saying is, is that the way that there's many ways that you can, you can interact. I mean, you can obviously take the scripture, get the plain meaning of the scripture. I want to know about Jesus' life. Well, there's a great way to do that. Read the four gospels. You know, three of the four guys, they were, they were the eyewitnesses. They're the one got eyewitness reports and wrote them. That it's, they were all there. So if you want to know about Jesus' life, that's there. Do you want to know Jesus? Well, that's a doorway. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? I can't do that with a biography of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln's not here. But Jesus is here. You see? So do I want to know about him? Do I want a biography? Do I want a passing thumbs up? Hey, Jamin, you're doing a good job. Thumbs up. Thanks, Jesus. Talk to you later. High five, right? And off you go. Or do you want to know him? And when I say that, I almost can see it as a, it's a more of a dimensional thing where you're like going through layers. I'm almost like, if you ever see that movie Contact, you know, where she goes through that wormhole, like, do you want to know Jesus? And all of a sudden I see a wormhole. Because <laughs> that's how you know him. He's dimensional. He's here, but he's in heaven and so are you, okay? So we use the word of God. So think about it like this. Write in a book what you see. Do you see what's happening here? So, he, so John was in the spirit realm on the Lord's day, okay? Which again, we were saying, well, what does that mean, the Lord's day? And we say, well, maybe it's Saturday. I was in the Lord, I was in the spirit on Saturday. Maybe he was keeping track. He's on Pergamum, um, Isle of, you know, he's on this island here. He doesn't know what day it is. Maybe he does know what day it is. I was in the spirit realm on Saturday, the Sabbath, okay? He doesn't say Sabbath, but he says the Lord's day. He could have said Sabbath. He didn't. But and then he hears a loud voice sounding like a trumpet. Again, um, I do know that this is very common um, before people, um, when, and this is from a, a message I was hearing uh, from Michael Van Lyman and uh, Justin Abraham. And Justin Abraham, it's, he said it sounds like a grinding noise. And it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's very loud. And um, John, I think, is having the same experience. He says it's like a trumpet, but, but um, Michael Van Vleiman also had that. It's like a grinding noise they hear just before they're about to, to go between realms and go into another place. And um, it is an experience that people have. Um, but I think it's interesting that the voice said, okay, write it in a book. Because what did I just say? To be in the spirit the scriptures, the word of God can be used as a gateway into the spirit realm. Okay. We use it as a gate. We use it as a door. Now, let me give you an example. First of all, this example says the word of the Lord came to him. He wrote it down. Well, when you're writing something down, that means that either yourself, and in this case, it was very clear, seven churches are going to get this message. That means it's important for them to read the message, and why are they reading it? 
if you read the book of Revelation, you understand he's not telling them how to prepare for a coming famine or anything. It's not anything to do with natural words. These are all in um, visionary language. Okay, this is not plain meaning. This is visionary. Why would he send those letters to them? These are. This is a door. He's telling you, I was in the spirit when this came to me. He wrote it down. Now you can use these words that he wrote by the spirit to have similar's experiences. You can. I say, what? With the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But how shall they know unless someone preach? Remember, you guys know in Romans, the Romans road. How will they know unless someone preaches and how will they preach unless they're sent? Right? But what are they preaching? They're preaching the word. Yeshua is the word. They're preaching the word. It's not an intellectual word. He's a person. So when you speak Christ, you're speaking him, the person of Christ, Yeshua, the word of God. So we don't want people to agree that our idea is better than other religions. We are speaking what we see, who we know. See the difference? Remember what sometimes people are like, let me introduce you to my friend, Jesus. Well, that's because we have a relationship with him. We know him. Now, do we know him fully? Well, no, but we are becoming more and more acquainted every day, right? So we're, But we are speaking from the experience of relationship, not from the experience of intellectual superiority to your idea of God. Do you see what I'm saying? This is what a lot of people do. They get into silly arguments about concepts that everybody's just making up in their head, and no one's really saying, look, this is actually an interaction with Yeshua himself, with Jesus, you can see him, you can know him, you can have experiences with him. And who is he? He's the one that took away your sin. He's the one that has brought you into a family. You see, see the difference here? So it's not just an idea. It's either, it's either reality or it's not. <laughs> it's either your idea about God or it's you're introducing people to him. Now, what happens after you say that? I have no idea. It's not my problem. It's not, it's not me. It's, it has nothing to do with me. I'm just saying, like, here's Jesus. He, he loves you. He doesn't hold your sin against you. You're free, and you're now in his family. There you go. There's the message. It's a, and the Bible calls it a royal proclamation. So it's not just like, this is my idea. He was saying the king has made a royal decree. He's given his decree to his, um, what do we call the people in a kingdom, his... Uh, subjects and now the subjects speak the word of the king and and do that royal proclamation to everybody royal proclamation everyone god loves you he doesn't hold your sins against you he's cleansed you from your sin and now you're welcome into his family that's what he's telling everyone now what if someone doesn't want it well that's that's not going to stop me from telling them it's a royal proclamation it's not my idea it's god's idea it's not even his idea it's his it's his Decree. You're free. <laughs> yeah, hear ye, hear ye. You're free. God loves you. He accepts you. Well, what about all the stuff they told me I had to get rid of? And this, blah, 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 blah. That's not the message. 
The message isn't blah, 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 blah. It's not that nonsense, right? Well, people are going to send Jamie, and if you don't tell people, what is the royal proclamation, guys? The royal proclamation is God loves you. He doesn't hold your sin against you. Well, well, how can God just decide not to hold your sin against you? Well, that's a great question, because he has cleansed you from your sin by his son, Yeshua. He took all of your sin on him, so you are free from sin. That's the proclamation. So people can say, yay, or they can say, eh. Well, whatever they're going to say, it doesn't matter. If they go, eh, the Bible calls them resistors. They're resisting. What are they resisting? They're resisting the love. God's like, I love you. And they're like, no, I don't want to be loved right now. Okay, well, let's work this over time, you see. Let's woo them in. <laughs> through what? Through the blessings, through the things God brings into your life. Why? What is he doing? He's showing you what he's really like. He's not the one out to get you. Yeah, he did say that to, to Pharaoh. You, be, you better bring Sarah back to Abraham or you're dead. Well, why would he be dead? Well, the reason he'd be dead is because he literally put himself in the middle of the highway with cars flying at 80 miles an hour. That is not going to end well for Pharaoh. Those cars aren't going to stop for him. And neither was the promises of God. If Pharaoh got in the way of the promises of God, he, that was God's grace that he gave him that dream. You see what I'm saying? He said, get out of the road, Pharaoh. <laughs> You're about to get run over by the promise that I gave to Abraham and Sarah. That's all he was saying. And he gave him that dream as grace. You see how, how do we look at the scriptures? That has a lot to do with how you look at God. Because if we're going to use the scriptures as a door and as a gate, and all you see God is, is out to get somebody and get that person and get that other person, do you know what all of those are about? That's about him keeping all the bad away from the source of his love and the focus of his love. Guess who the focus of his love is right now? You. You are the focus of his love. Who is he keeping out? All the things that are keeping you away from him. So, is there any separation? No. Can anything keep you from the love of God? The Bible says nothing can keep you from the love of God. The love of God is inevitable. People are like, death and taxes, it's inevitable. Nope, the love of God is inevitable. You have to change the way you think. As we're engaging with the word of God and we're engaging with the Lord, there has to come a time where we switch and change how we're thinking about things. And there are some funny ideas. We all have them. I've had funny ideas. I probably still have plenty of funny ideas. But God is teaching us, training us, changing us. Because what's the point here? to be in the Spirit. Is it good to be in the Spirit? Yes, it is. Are there different degrees? Yes, there are. Because if you look here, even in Revelation, you can see he kept going up higher and higher. He was going to different levels in the Spirit. He started in one spot, then he turned and he went up, then he turned and he went up. Okay, so remember, the Spirit realm is dimensional, not physical. And it does take a while to know the difference between what is a physical realm and what is a dimensional realm. So dimensional realm is being in the spirit. There are places in the spirit that you go to as a believer, as, as somebody who has, you know, received the royal proclamation and said, I'm in, I, I agree. Thank you, king of kings. You're my king. I am free. I'm in your family, and I am so happy to be called a child of God. That is a person that said royal decree is good for me, right? That's what we are. So those have had these experiences in the spirit where we've gone into these places in the heavenly realms just like John has. Now we may or may not remember them, but we are there. Jacob's ladder 
is Jesus. The ladder's on the bottom and the top at the same time, just like you. You see, we can be aware of the spiritual realm and the physical realm at the same time. So again, listen, I know this is probably a little much for a Sunday morning, but apparently this is where we are. So any questions, uh, call Kim. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Talk to the Lord about it, yeah. And again, I'm just kind of dipping my toes a little bit into this today because I just feel like, you know, to be in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. I mean, if you look at, at the Apostle uh, Peter, you know, and, and you see him in the book of Acts, and, and you see that, that he was in a trance, okay? And we talk about this a lot in our Wisdom's Treasure. Trances, uh, ecstasies, raptures, um, you know, uh, dreams, visions. These are all spiritual experiences that people will have and do have. They're not always labeled. Some people are kind of like um, afraid of having these experiences. Um, but the Lord's giving them to us because... You, First of all, there's nothing you can do about it. This is who you are. Like, even if you say, I deny spiritual things completely, I'm only physical, it doesn't change it. It's kind of like denying your hand. I deny I have a hand, but there it still is. You know, you can do whatever you want to ignore it, but it's still there. And it's the same with the, 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 the concept that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. If, even if you deny the fact that you are a spirit, it doesn't make you not being a spirit. It just means you're ignoring a massive part of your life. And people say, you can't, you're being over-spiritual. You can't be over-spiritual if you are a spirit. That's what people are not getting. Now, if you were saying you're being over-spiritual in the sense of um, your, uh, your spiritual life has affected the fact that you're no longer engaging in the natural world properly, well, maybe you need to be a monk then. I don't know. <laughs> That's what they decided to do. But I think Jesus gave us a very good example of, of how you live in both places. Jesus showed us how to do it. He, people weren't like, yeah, did people say Jesus was weird? They sure did. They, actually, they said it so much so that, that it actually is what ended up causing issues with them is because they said he's so weird, he's leading people astray and this, that, and the other. They gave Jesus a hard time. Will it happen if you are a person that says, you know, I'm going to live my life in the spirit where I'm aware of God all the time? Okay, that's great. Will people think you're weird? They might. They may not know what's happening, honestly, unless you decide to tell them, but they might think you're weird. It's possible. You know, it's okay. Get over it. It's going to be fine. Everyone's going to know all this stuff anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just a matter it's just a matter of time. So in Acts 11, all right. So Acts 11 it says this. One day uh, when I was in the city of Joppa, this is Peter. Um, I was praying and I fell into an ecstatic trance, okay? This is in the Bible, guys. It's like trance, that sounds new age. Okay. Well, tell Peter, Acts 11, okay, 5. One day, when I was in the city of Joppa, while I was praying, what kind of praying is he doing? <laughs> I fell into an, <laughs> it's, it's spiritual praying, right? I fell into an ecstatic trance, and I went into another realm. Now, this is the Passion Translation. But that's what he's saying. I mean, it, that, that is what it is. I saw, an, so here he is. He's just like John. This is Peter now, okay? So John's there. He's just praying, loving the Lord, just kind of, you know, maybe he's, again, prayer is the gate too, right? Now we also have, Peter, praying, I fell into an ecstatic trance, I went into another realm. Remember what I said? It's dimensional, not physical. I know your soul wants to bring it down into a physical thought. It's not physical. You can be here, you can be there. I like to understand 
things in the sense of the love of God from within us, not from another place. You know what I'm saying? You're not like when you're doing, um, you know, uh, uh, spiritual activity apart from God, it's all on the outside. That's where all the funny stuff starts happening. And you start engaging with wrong spirits and stuff. Everything that God does, he does within. So what you're saying here is with Peter, I was praying. Well, where do you pray? In your closet? Where's your closet? In your heart? In your temple? Inside. That's where you are. That's where he is. And then he goes into an ecstasy. There are, and we read about this a lot, okay? A lot of the saints would get caught up into ecstatic trances a lot. You know, Jesus was in a trance. There's a lot of these things happening. And again, watch the wisdom treasure if you want to know more about these. But then he went into another realm. I saw in a vision something like a linen tablecloth descending out of heaven, being let down by its four corners, and it got close to me. As I examined it, I saw many four-footed animals, wild animals, reptiles, and wild birds. Then I heard a voice. Here's again. Just like John, I heard a voice from behind me say, write it down. He hears a voice. Get up, Peter. Kill and eat them. What? That's strong. Well, I need to find that in the scriptures. Well, I'm reading the scriptures. <laughs> well, why is it the scriptures? Well, because he was in the spirit. And Peter knew that he was in the spirit. I said, I can't do that, Lord. Surprise. He knew the voice. What did Jesus say? My sheep hear my voice. The voice of another they will not follow. How do you know the voice of the Lord? Because you know because you're one of his sheep. There are people who are not, because they don't see themselves this way. I'm just saying it, okay? They don't see themselves as one of his sheep. When they hear voices, they hear voices from without. But we hear the voice of the good shepherd. Peter said, I can't do that, Lord, (laughs) for I've never eaten anything that is forbidden or impure according to our Jewish laws. The voice spoke to me again, saying, nothing is unclean if God declares it to be clean. The vision repeated itself three times. Remember when I say, if you have a dream (laughs) more than one night, that's a very important dream. (laughs) Write that down. Get an interpretation of that dream. If you have a dream multiple times, that's an important dream. He had this vision three times in a row. God wanted him to know this. Is is repetition part of teaching? Yes. I've heard this message before, Jamin. Yep, you have. Teaching it again. Repetition, repetition. He had it three times. Then suddenly the linen sheet was snatched back up into heaven. And then what happens after that? At that moment, three men from Caesarea who had been sent for me approached the house where I was staying. Gentiles. Okay. So here we have literally the most important message that you could get in the New Testament was given to Peter in a vision when he was in an ecstatic trance. Are trances important? Uh-huh. Raptures, ecstasis, is it important? Yes, very important. Are we coming back into those times? We sure are. You're going to see a lot more of this. Whoa, hold on. So listen, because I just started to see something myself. <sighs> um, it is going to be the norm. You're going to come in. I'm not going to tell you yet. I'll tell you later. <laughs> I, I, I've seen it. I saw, I've, saw, I've seen it for a few years now. But it, we're going to see more of this. These messages that God gives us, they come out of union with him. They come from our union with Christ. They're not coming from without. 
we have brains. We're supposed to use them. We're not supposed to be dumb, okay? We do have brains. We're not supposed to be dumb. But there is a way to engage in the things of the Spirit. And it comes through our union with Christ. It comes through being in the Spirit. Being in the Spirit. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I was in Joppa praying and I fell into an ecstatic trance. You see what's happening here? These messages that God's giving us, he's giving us these experiences. Oh, but that's Peter and John. You, you shouldn't expect that. Why are they in here then? Why would God show us that most of the messages, even Jesus asleep in the boat, he isn't asleep, he's in a trance. If you had a boat shaking around like that and you weren't awake yet, there's something going on. Well, there was something going on. Jesus was in a trance when he was in the bottom of the boat and the storm came and the disciples and they had to wake him up. The water is flowing into the boat. Jesus is asleep. He's in a trance, people. And if you look at the original word, that's what it was. And Jesus was like this. He... Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. Where was the mountain? Which mountain is this that we're talking about? You see what I'm saying? We have a natural mountain, but we also have a spiritual mountain. It's probably meaning both. When he goes up on the mountain to pray, where do you go when you go to pray? You go up on your mountain. You have a mountain. Do you see it all the time? Well, if you look, you can see it. You go onto your mountain to pray. Jesus said to go into your closet. Where's your closet? In your house. Where's your house? In you. Some people made closets in their house. That's great. It's fun. Why not? Make a closet in your house to go pray. It's fun. Okay? Have fun. Do what, do what you want to do. But he actually meant the closet in you. Go in. Close the door. What are we closing the door to? The soul. Yep. All these thoughts. Close the door. Okay, soul. Quiet. We're praying. I'm in him and he's in me. I become aware just of God. My, my thoughts start to slow down. What are they doing? They're being quiet. Why are they being quiet? That part of me is not needed in this aspect of my relationship with God. And now, I had times where I was out, just sitting there in prayer, start to meditate, start to read some scriptures that have to do with being in the Spirit. And as I read them, I go in the Spirit. I thought I fell asleep. I would have said I fell asleep, except I heard a voice that woke me up. Woke me up? I don't know what it means. I write it down. I'm not sure what it means. But I trust the Lord. Write it down. Uh, I ask the Lord, what does this mean? Look up the scripture. Look up that scripture. Look up the scripture. I look up the scriptures. <gasps> what? That's what it means. I share it with people. The words that were given to me. I don't tell people that's what happened, but that's what happened. Why? We can all have these experiences with God. It's not just special people. I mean, we're all special. <laughs> Okay, that's what, that's what the whole point is. You're special already. You can have these experiences with God. You can be in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Well, welcome to the Lord's Day. You see what I'm saying? When is the day that the Lord has made? Today. Today is the day the Lord has made. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So how do you want to engage with the Spirit of the Lord? Do it on the Lord's Day. When? Today. The Bible says, don't let anyone tell you that one day is better than another. Don't let them teach you these traditions of men because they're keeping you out. These are all traditions. Don't follow those traditions. There's no law, Jamin. You tell me I can do whatever I want. You can follow the spirit of the Lord. You can full, be fully identified in Christ and no longer have to live according to traditions because we now live in the life of the spirit. In other words, we had a shadow, but now we have the reality. 
we had the, this is what it's going to look like when you see it, everybody. It's going to look a lot like this. So everybody, let's just start acting like this now before it comes and bam, it's here. Now you can just live in the reality of it. You don't have to live in the shadow of it. You don't have to do a Broadway play of it. You can actually encounter Christ, encounter the, the, um, the elders in heaven, encounter, like I was talking about, the library. Go in and see these places. You can go. But how do you go? You're not moved by this. You move by this. You move by love. What love? The love that you've received from the Father. That love brings you in. But I need, I need to prove things to people, James. People don't understand the level of, of spirituality I have. I need to get out there and I need to start telling people the things that I'm seeing and I need to start a blog. No, you don't. <laughs> don't you know? You already have a blog in heaven. You have your own writing. You're already there. You're amazing already. But, but do the thing that is bringing that joy in that manifestation of the love of God. Do that thing. That's the thing you do. You do that thing. You already are doing it. Most people are doing those things, but you don't know what it is yet because you're, you're thinking there's something else out there and there's not something else out there. The thing that's out there is in you. The thing you're looking for is within. Who is it? Christ within you. you Jamie, you gotta stop saying within. That sounds new age. Something's within. Well, did, did he say, I'll never leave you or forsake you? Well, where did he go? Well, he went in. Well, no, only wickedness is in there, Jamin. Well, it, what, there was only wickedness there until you received Christ, and now you're cleansed. Now you're righteous. Did you not receive Christ yet? Yeah, but only wicked things are in, in men's heart. Yeah, a, a heart that hasn't been made into flesh yet, of course. But a heart that has been made anew in Christ is now one spirit with the Lord. You're like Jesus now. Yeah, but what if I have a sinful thought? You can ignore that thought, you know. But I should rebuke the devil. Well, you could just completely ignore him. It's totally safe to rebuke him. And it's totally safe to ignore him. You'd be rebuking the devil all day. Rebuke this, rebuke that, rebuke the other thing. Or you can just be like, he has no power over me. I can safely ignore him. I mean, if he gives you a hard time, you might have to address a few things here and there. But for the most part, you can ignore him. Isn't that nice to know? Remember what Jesus said? He said, Satan has found nothing in me. What does that mean? He's come, but he's found nothing in me. He's trying to find something. He's got nothing. It's just like you. He'll grab you. He's got nothing to grab onto. Why is that? You're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. There's nothing for him to grab. You are an uninteresting object to him. <laughs> There's no fun there for him. Right? So here we have been brought into this kingdom, this beautiful, beautiful kingdom of heaven with gates and doors that are humongous, this giant place that resonates with a frequency because of all these crystals. It's very new age. It's got a lot of crystals all around it and they're just vibrating at this frequency of love and it's so strong and so powerful and it's descending from heaven and it's got these gates made out of pearls and they're always open. Let's go. If you look at the end of Revelation, it's very clear. The spirit and the bride say, Come on. <laughs> so who gets left out? The ones that don't walk in. And the Bible says that. Those that are outside, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why is that? They don't want to come in. They're gnashing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When, you know, like when they stone Stephen and they're gnashing their teeth, those are the ones outside. They're looking for stuff wrong with you. They're condemning and judging and seeing themselves in a lower realm. The ones that are in are in the party. They're having the party. They're in the party. They believe the royal proclamation. They said, yeah, I'm game for that. I'm free. 
I'm free now. I don't, ha- I'm not, I'm not a part, I don't, sin has nothing in me anymore. I'm free from sin. I've been set free. Yeah, but Jamin, I, 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 I sinned. You're free from sin. Be free. Be free. Don't identify in behavior that's not you. Identify in Christ. Continue to grow into full maturity and full stature as a son of God. You're no longer just a son of Adam. You're a son of the beloved. You're a beloved son of God. You see? So we leave behind the old and we come into the new. We leave behind our old ideas about God. Is he going to come and get me? Or is he going to decide that I can do whatever I want? Or what if I do whatever I want? Is he still going to like me? And I think I'm going to try to game this system somehow. And that's what you end up doing. The meaner God gets, the more people try to game the system. You know, because wouldn't you want to do it? Be like, man, that dude doesn't sound like he's going to ever be happy with me. I better figure out a way around this situation. And trust me, I've been in churches long enough. Some of them are really good at it. I'm like, man, you are tricky as anything. How about that? You know, but is it relationship? No, it's some God over here and you over here. And you're just trying to make sure that you don't get in trouble. Which, you know, that's what little kids do. (laughs) But as we grow, we realize we have a, a loving Heavenly Father who really desires for us to grow into our full maturity. And he knows who we are. That's one of the biggest problems is that people don't know who they are. They identify themselves with fallen Adam. And there's church leaders that teach that you're like fallen Adam, and they do everything they can to make sure you get your act together, including severe punishments if you do not, because they see you as fallen Adam. But you're not fallen Adam. You've been raised with Christ. Now, if you want to identify with Adam, you can live like that. It's false, though. It's not a real reality. It's not your, it's not your true reality. It's a false reality. So anyway, so Peter, get up, kill and eat them. That's kind of a strange experience. We've read it enough that it doesn't seem strange to us anymore. But if it was the first time you read it, you'd be like, Kill? Kill animals? God wants you to kill animals? What in the world? Well, kill and eat. He's given them a, an example here. Those were, those were unclean animals in the Jewish custom. They, they weren't supposed to eat those animals. It very strictly forbids that eating. Like very clearly in the, in the Old Testament, in the, in the Mosaic Law, you cannot eat those four-footed animals, wild animals, reptiles, and wild birds. You could not eat those. But the Lord said, kill and eat. And then he said, Nothing is unclean if God declares it to be clean. He's telling them, this message that I gave you is for the whole world, not just for Jews. That's what he was telling them. Very powerful message that Peter got in a trance. In a trance. It very clearly states that. So our trances for today. Yes, they are. Do people still have trances? Yes, they do. Have you ever had a trance? Yes, I have had a trance. I've had many trances. I will tell you, this is for my charismatic congregation if you have ever seen somebody operating in the gifts of the spirit at the front of a church and they're laying hands on people and they are operating in that gift and you see them fall over like not the courtesy falls and the other things that they do now but the real deal where power hits them like electricity goes through their body and they fall on the floor and they go out like that they are in a trance that is a trance remember they and and in some circles and if you've been in these circles some people have and i know have a wide variety of people, um, but there, there are certain ministers, and when they pray for them, they call it slain in the spirit, okay? They're in a trance, and then if you see, in some cases, they say, don't move them, don't touch them. You know why? Because they're not asleep. They're in a trance. Some of them can't move. 
They're not supposed to move yet. God is doing something. He may be showing them a vision. I have a friend, a friend of mine, friend of since I've known for a long time, bi- businessman, very successful businessman, him and his wife. He went to church, got hands laid on him, went out in a trance. God showed him his ministry, and he became a minister from that day. He was in a trance on the ground because he got hands laid on him. And what it was was it was power. They, so again, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I went into a trance. Oh, laying on a fan seems to be something too, huh? There's lots of ways in, people. <laughs> lots, because like I said, them those are big gates. <laughs> so I was in another. What did he say? Oh, I like. I love this. He said this. He goes. I went into another realm. You know. I like that word realm. I went into another realm. What realm? A spiritual realm where I can hear God talking to me (laughs) in a loud voice. (laughs) Well, John's was like a trumpet, right? So again, there's so much. We have this giant table, okay? There's a lot of stuff there. I just was kind of picking a few of the little pieces of food that are on the table, just letting you know. You can eat some of this. You could eat some of that. And God's given us an amazing, amazing experience in him. And what does it mean to be in the spirit? Well, it means to be in a trance. It means to be in another realm. You know, this is a realm that's open to us, not closed, open to us. And how do we go into that realm? Through Christ. Peter was in prayer. John was on the Lord's day. You see what I'm saying? This is all through Christ. It's not apart from him. Don't get involved in the other stuff. They got a lot of funny stuff going on out there. You don't have to. First of all, you don't have to do that. You're already in. You're already in. That's the whole, that's the great thing about it. You're already in. Okay. So. That's all I have for today. Be in the spirit, pray, uh, read the scriptures and use them for understanding, yes, but also use them as a door. In other words, I'm going to go into this place as well. I'm going to see this as a door into the realms of the of the kingdom. I remember even just to give you another example of the scriptures when uh, 20, 30 years ago, when I was first starting in ministry, uh, the Lord told me to read the gospels. And then he said, and then ask me what it was like because I was there. And I was like, oh. So I did, and I went in, and I experienced the Gospels as they were happening in the Spirit because the Spirit, he was there. She, he, she, you know, was there, right? So there I was in the Spirit. So that was a door in. You can do that, but it's, listen, this is interactive. This is interactive. It's not, it's, it's not stale. It's interactive, and these are things that we can do. So it's fun. It's good. Go out there, have fun in Christ. Don't be afraid. You're loved, you're accepted. God has great things in store for you. Um, and and just know that. And, and you have been brought into an amazing kingdom. There's lots of different people in this kingdom that don't look like you, but it's okay because that's the way God is. He loves variety. Just go out and take a look. You'll see how much he loves it. And uh, love is the way. And that's it.